Welcome, everyone, to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 29. We're going to be joining you every week to talk IT career, news, and opinions based on our points of view. I'm your host, John White, at vjourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at networknerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Doing great, John. We are once again podcasting from the same place here <laughs> in lovely Las Vegas. But we'll talk more about that later. I want to make sure everyone knows we're both VMware solution engineers looking to bring you the career advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. We hope our career discussions will be relevant across disciplines and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Great, Nick. Uh, as you pointed out, we're recording in the same room again for the second time. Yeah. Inside 30 days. Wow. Okay. I should explain that we're at uh, VMware's Tech Summit and Worldwide Kickoff. And uh, to be honest, at this point in the week, I'm uh, exhausted. Just uh, running on empty. How are you holding up? Before I answer that, John, I think it's only fair to the listeners that we ask, how much swing dancing have you done this week in Las Vegas? Oh, yeah, that's a very fair question. Uh, the answer is zero, because uh, weekly swing dance in Las Vegas is on uh, Friday at 8.30 p.m. in the Mint Tavern, and uh, we are not going to be here Friday. We are here Monday through Thursday, Thursday evenings flying out Friday. So I didn't get any swing dancing in, but uh, rest assured, I always look up where the swing dancing is in the city I'm visiting. Nice. Yeah, I was pretty bummed about that too. I'll tell you what, man, I, I'm pretty tired. I think my tired might be tired, to be honest with you. And you know, John, you know how it's hard to work and go to school at the same time when you're in college? So... I kind of feel that same way because I've been working all day, but you know, in, in the you're here, so like I am taking classes from the John White School of Mentoring in the evenings, so it's it's very helpful. And you know what, folks, if you want to be <laughs> a part of that school, then just send out that tweet <laughs> to add Nerd Journey, and and I can tell you all about the pricing and packaging. You know, it's funny. We did the In Sickness and In Health episode. I think this one could be called An Exhaustion and Grogginess. We'll see if we can make coherent sentences. And you mentioned Tech Summit and Worldwide Kickoff. Every year, VMware brings the customer-facing sales and technical teams together for, well, I guess that's the topic of today's episode. Why would we do that? Yeah, actually, why would we do that? Uh, I would... I have to say, like the process of, of coming to the conference really made us think about the experience. So we decided to, to frame the discussion this way. Um, why would a company go through the process of, ha process of having uh, what's got to be a pretty expensive uh, in-person conference? You know, what's the advantage to the company that's gained? Um, and then, you know, at the same time, what's the implication and the disadvantage of being at an organization that doesn't do something like this? So... Um, that's the uh, the framing of uh, today's topic. You know, uh, company meetings, um, maybe annual conferences or internal conferences. Why have them, and what's missing if you don't have them? So, with that in mind, let's uh, maybe talk about the whys. Uh, the the first thing, at least that that popped into my mind, Nick, was that company meetings can be a talent showcase. So. 
this isn't uh, one of these uh, meetings that's uh, focused on R&D, but we do have one. Um, VMware has a, an annual conference called RADIO, which stands for R&D Innovation Offsite. And uh, we bring the top engineering talent uh, together and we showcase innovative ideas. Now, you know, this isn't a, a VMware advertisement, but it's, you know, just one of the use cases for having um, routine or regular company meetings to, to bring people together. You you say, hey, here's all the, the best performers. Here's the top talent of the company. Um, let's uh, bring them all together. So uh, that that offsite and that meeting, I think it's 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 over a thousand people, but I, I think right now it's still less than two thousand. And there's a process to to pitch a talk or pitch a poster uh, with an idea or you know, hey, this is my idea. Here's what we do. Here's kind of how we'd implement it. It's just a, a sketch of an idea. You know, using existing technology within the company. Um, you know, here's what we would add. Here's a feature that we could come up with. So. I think it, you know, it's it's really interesting. You know, a lot of the uh, engineering leaders come together, and I think they rate the rate the ideas, and and it you know makes it to a next round of you know maybe becoming a product or or a new feature that's uh, implemented in in our products. So, um, you know, it can serve to showcase you know all those best ideas and, and filter them to the top and, and give them visibility, right? So, and a lot of those ideas come from within, as you know. Yeah. You know, you- you hire people that are intelligent and they can create things that are new and exciting and help the company be more successful. I've actually heard that it's really tough to submit something that gets accepted for radio. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've never tried, but yeah. So I think mostly it's people in R and D, right? Cause they're, they're closest to the internals of how things work. Um, and you have to think that, you know, it's less than 10% of probably the R&D personnel. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to think that it's probably pretty hard, you know. Um, and, and, you know, it's it should be hard, right? It, you're, you're getting a lot of visibility, and I'm sure there's some kind of contest, and, you know, the best idea is, like, move forward or whatever, right? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting process, but it really, again, it serves as, you know, kind of a... Um, showcase, right? So that that's the whole point of having, you know, bring people together to do that kind of thing. And I also think that, you know, it kind of serves as an innovation catalyst, right? Because you have all these really smart people in the same area and there's, um, you know, the time that they're on and then the time that they're off, right? So then they're talking to each other and talking about their ideas and maybe the ones that are still half-baked and you kind of come up with maybe interesting new ideas and, you know, the people who work in different uh, business units uh, talking to each other. So I, th- I think that all all of those things are good, right? That um, uh, can maybe inspire some new innovation, right? That that wouldn't have happened if those people didn't get a chance to, to, to come together. And of course, like that, that process of um, maybe formalizing um, an idea to pitch, like makes you think through, you know, your, your, process and and what you think about ideas and the way that you bring them together and 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 uh you know how you uh see you know what you're pitching moving forward like again it kind of crystallizes it and makes you re-examine if you have to explain it to somebody else then you have to go back and and uh do a lot more uh formal 
statements about you know the the basics and 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 how you think you'd move forward and well sure because i mean in this case we're talking about ideas that probably affect our products right, right. and innovation there so you have to consider what what is the innovation i'm suggesting what's it going to do to either enhance this product or make something new and what problem are you solving what's the market need for it all those things would probably have to be in your skeleton proposal yeah yeah and i'm sure that i'm sure that you know when you're pitching a technological idea or a new feature you probably don't have to do a bunch of market research right it's like an enhancement but it probably would help to say and you know this is directly linked to a problem that we would solve right added value that we you know show to our customers not hey wouldn't it be cool if although sometimes those hey wouldn't it be cool if uh ideas are great ones too right yeah and you know if you're at a different type of organization you might have an idea of how to branch into a new market with with what they with services or whatever it is that that company does and as you said the collaboration aspect your idea may be half-baked and then somebody else you collaborate with that maybe you didn't realize you needed to collaborate with can help you bring that to light and fruition yeah absolutely like it, just the idea of it really is, is very, very interesting. And it makes me think, oh, I mean, of course that type of thing should happen, right? So the second thing that we kind of came to the realization about is that company meetings like this can help to communicate vision, right? So you and I got to hear top level company executives kind of articulate their goals for the company and their high level strategy to, to get to those goals. Right. And then later on, we got to hear regional leaders or our specifically our regional leader articulate their values and, you know, their strategic vision and, and how they took what they heard from the top level executives and, and applied it to, you know, the region that we're in and, and what they think, you know, should be done. And then, uh, you know, earlier on, we actually, we got some technical vision too, right? So we, we came earlier on for something that we call Tech Summit, and, and that, that kind of filtered into, uh, you know, seeing kind of a technical vision forward, you know, not just a, a whole company vision forward. So all of these things kind of, you know, filter in and, and you, you start to realize, oh, okay, so these people have an idea of what, you know, where they want to go and how they're going to get there. So, you know, to hear that articulated, I think really helps me as a frontline employee. Yeah, absolutely. And in this case, we got the chance to do a different type of enablement from say some of the video training that we often do or recorded training, remote training. And depending on your learning style, that could really switch things up and help it cement it be cemented in your mind a little bit better and you have the opportunity to go up to the presenter or someone else in the room and talk further about this idea and and those what ifs or hey how would you do this how would you do this and you get that instant feedback that you're just not going to get if it's delivered to you remotely or offline so i really like that element but also used to be a classroom teacher so maybe that's just me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I actually brought some of my uh, big hairy problems that I was facing with my customers, and and I chose the specific classes that that I got to take 
um, you know, with those big hairy problems in, in mind. And it got me to see what, you know, that technical vision, you know, going forward was, right? So here's where the product is today. Here's our roadmap for the future. Here's where we're having some problems. Here's where we think uh, things are going very, very smoothly. You know, so all, all of those things fit together and you get like just a better idea of what, you know, the technical vision for a specific product or a specific business unit or a specific leader and their vision of their business unit, you know, is going. And, and I think that's very, very helpful, right? And then again, you know, filters down, maybe not at this, uh, this specific uh, uh, meeting, but, you know, later on, you know, you can talk to the product managers and, and they can say, well, you know, the leaders had this vision of the product and here's how we're getting there with, with our part of it, right? So um, it, it really did help to kind of set that vision for me, you know. I, I don't know about you, but, like, you know, it definitely helps for me to be in the room with a person presenting. So they say something that I... That, you know, triggers something in my mind and I say, wait, are you saying A or are you saying B? And I can raise my hand and actually ask that question, you know, and, and get that. And it's your chance to really influence the execution of the vision when we're talking about products, of course. Oh, well, what if this or I like that, but did you think about this? And sometimes the answer is, oh, no, we didn't. That's great. We'll take that feedback or... Mm, we're not really going to do that because of these reasons. Right. Or we actually don't know. Yeah, that, that two-way dialogue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that um, to have those, those two meetings together, that was also really interesting, right? Because we had kind of a, a tech-focused uh, meeting. So all the, uh, as you pointed out, the, the customer-facing people with uh, technical rules came a day earlier and we got that tech summit part and then later on some of the the sales and business leaders came in and we caught kind of joint sessions and then split sessions and then role-based sessions so it it was all really interesting i think and uh you know it, it really made me think you know there's a lot of investment in making sure that everybody understands kind of the tactical application of the vision statements that we got from leadership a little bit earlier on to kind of integrate those two things, right? So, um, you know, here's the the high-level strategy, the mid-level strategy, and then maybe the lower-level strategies, and then maybe the tactics and how you apply that in your day-to-day job is up to you, right? Right, and learning those things and what you can do to help execute the strategy and vision at your level ideally makes you a more engaged employee and you feel like you have a stake in the company's success more so than someone who didn't know how the vision applied to them or where they fit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've, I've worked for organizations, you know, other than VMware that, that had these kinds of technical summits and you know, went out to, to communicate vision. And, and it is really, really helpful to hear from your leadership, hey, this is where I, you know, I think we're going. This is the organization that we're in, you know, maybe not writ large, but, you know, our small corner of it. This is what we're doing. This is, you know, what our goals are. Here's where I think we're going to accomplish them, where we're doing well, where we need work, and then get together and actually hash out how we're going to do it, right? Right. And it's that process of continual improvement because the vision and strategy changes 
over time as mm-hmm. the company grows, expands, or pivots in a different direction. And that's for any company. So I've, I've often wondered, you know, if, if I were a C-level, how do I create the vision and strategy? I have trouble thinking at that level. Right, yeah. No, it's a really good question, and there's a lot of pressure there, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you have a staff to help you, you know, do that. Um, but it's not a matter of, like, a bunch of people coming up with a bunch of options and then you just pick one, right? You actually have to, like, uh, have some ideas on your own and be opinionated, I'm sure, you know? And then there's a lot of background that goes into that as well. So I don't always envy those people, right? There's a lot of people's lives that they're affecting, you know, with their choices. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of rewards, but there's a lot of pressure on that too. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. Oh yeah. And everybody at that level seems to have gray hair. (laughs) That's not true. I guess it's not true. What we need is a progression of photos year by year to see how fast the gray hair set in once they reached a certain level in organizations. Very true. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. But, you know, this this isn't a video show, so right. it's going to be tough to do that. It could be really fun or an HR violation. One of those two things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Anything else to be said uh, before we move on from there? Don't think so. Okay, cool. So um, company meetings can also be a celebration of performance, right? And uh, maybe a corollary, corollary to that is um, kind of set incentives to perform in the future. Um, so... You know, we were here with a bunch of salespeople. We got to see how the top uh, achievers were celebrated, right, and rewarded. Um, and I think, of course, that when you get a bunch of, you know, field salespeople together and, and celebrate some of them, it, it really anchors in people's minds that, you know, they want to be in that group of top achievers, right? And you kind of get people to set high goals from themselves, you know, not just to have them handed down from on high, Right. So uh, I thought that that was, um, you know, an obvious, an obvious part of that. Right. And it creates a little internal competition because, I mean, not only do you want to succeed in reaching your goals, but you kind of want to beat everybody else, too. Right. (laughs) It's it's interesting that you say that Um, almost everything that, you know, I would I would expect it to work that way. You know, I want to beat all these people. Almost everybody on my team express things like i want to see more of us here next time you know like Uh oh our team you know we're so good and yet we're you know not necessarily achieving that you know or we have so many good people like we should make sure that you know we need to all do what we need to do in order to to get more of us here next time or you know like that you know more people to make the club level right yeah iron sharpens iron well, so the last part of that is like, you know, we, we saw the incentive set, right. For like, um, the, we want some teams out there to achieve some big hairy goals and here's what those giant goals are. And here's what the incentives are for achieving them, you know, and they might've only been talking to like a very few people in the room, but you know, they wanted to everybody to know what was possible. So that was, that was an interesting thing. I, I'm not sure I actually agree with that that approach to be honest but um oh. is interesting to see well I, th- I think what you can also do i mean even though i think it's kind of human nature as i said before to want to beat everyone else mm-hmm. to talk out of the other side of my mouth 
it's actually really good. Oh, okay. These are the top performers, like best of the best. They're doing something right. What can I learn from these people to help me be better? Not necessarily so that I can be recognized like they are because it's not about the award and recognition necessarily. I mean, we want we want recognition for our success, but what can I do to get better? These are the people you should go talk to because they've had some success. What are they doing that I'm not that would benefit me in my career progression? Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think that is a a really nice positive spin. And we even got some of that, right? Mm -hmm. We had some of the top performers up on stage in the regional meetings um, being interviewed by the regional leaders saying, hey, you worked on this deal. It went really, really well talk us through the process like what what were the nuts and bolts of how you accomplished this and i'm sure it wasn't easy tell us some of the setbacks tell you know talk us through what you did to to get through those setbacks and and uh your thinking and your process you know we want to know what it is that you're doing right and and the best practices and and take that and you know um spread it throughout the organization so yeah and and, you know sitting on stage with the the company's leaders and and getting FaceTime with them and and recognition, you know, that's an incentive in and of itself, right? So I think that that, that's kind of cool. Absolutely. Overall. And then finally, I think that uh, company meetings can be a way to express company values and uh, reinforce those company values, right? So... I would say probably most major organizations, if you go to their website, somewhere there's a statement of values and, you know, um, what they are and what they mean. Uh, I think something that was interesting that I saw was like how often they were referenced here, you know, by the top executives, by the regional executives and by, you know, the frontline managers, right? Hey, he, you know, don't, don't forget, these are our values. Um, and, and by doing that, they really set the, set the tone, right? Because of these values, you know, value A, we are doing this. Keep in mind that we have value B. And as a result, some of the things that we are working on are tinged this way, right? So it really sets the tone. And then, like, from, I don't know exactly how to say this. Well, from a statement of values to the actual application of those values, Right. Like we saw one of our regional um, leaders get up and say, here's our company values. You know, we've all heard them before. You know, I, I really do believe in them. And, and here's kind of how I enhance them, right? Here's things that I also like to include in this and, and things that I, you know, am working through myself and, and how I'm trying to apply these things. And, and you know, that's very, very powerful. I would say that um, not all organizations do that and to come to an organization that that you know reinforces that and makes me think like in any you know a, a strong recommendation that I would make to you know job seekers or, or career progression focused people out there which is you know the theme of this podcast is that you want to find an organization that does this right like that that's been pretty important to me and I didn't right. realize how important it was until maybe, you know, this far into it. Yeah, and they the reason they bring it up so much is because they're trying to tell us that, okay, these things influence all of these decisions we just made to help you execute yep. on 
what our plan was. Yep. And here's the proof in the pudding that we're going to do what we said. Yeah. And that it fits this model. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is really interesting. Again, I don't, I don't want to be repetitive, but it was interesting how but you're often. Going to be. Yes, but I will be. It was interesting how often those values came up, you know, in in conversations and and even in some of the individual classes, right? So, um, you know, I said finally, but but actually, I think we have one more, uh, maybe a little bonus uh, advantage here, which is uh, in 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 person company meeting situations, right? There's there's always the element element of uh, informal networking. Right, people talking to each other, people from around the world, in, in in our company's case, coming together into a single location. Um, so people that you you see that you know may maybe have moved and and you don't live near anymore, and you get to you know chat and and catch up with them like that. That kind of networking, I think, it feels pretty powerful. Um, I don't know what your experience was this week of that. But. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of times you people that are on your team and within your organization, they may not work anywhere close to your geographic location. So maybe you've only ever talked to them on the phone because you're fairly new to the organization. So you're meeting them in person for the first time. And it, there's something to that face-to-face interaction, John. You know, if I had only talked to you on the phone ever and never met you in person, yes, we would have built a rapport, but it, if I met you in person, I think it's just that much easier for me to work with you remotely. Oh, okay, I've met them in person. They're a real human. They're not just a voice on the other end of the phone. The whole out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Not intentional, but there, there's something to that in-person contact that even a video session can't duplicate. Yeah, I think it's really true. Like, you, you get in the same room you appreciate their whole uh, body language, mm-hmm. um, their sense of humor, you know, um, you know, read, reading faces a little bit easier. And, and that person really in your mind, you're right, comes alive, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to spend like not just structured time, like on a phone call, but unstructured time, you yeah. know, uh, sitting in a coffee shop, you know, eating breakfast together, you know, eating lunch, you know, all those types of things. Uh, and, um, and, uh, I, I think that in doing that, you, you know, you know, again, like people become more real, yep. right? Absolutely. And, and you don't always talk about work. Who is this as a person and not just my colleague? And that absolutely. makes a deeper connection. And, you know, one other thing here, regardless of the size of the company, well, if it's a big organization, an in-person meeting like this might give you some proximity to managers of your department, managers of other departments that you don't get a lot of face time with. And that's important, not necessarily to suck up, but for your, for your career, you know, it, it would be good for me to know other managers, right? If I ever wanted to make a move or whatnot, I have a, a connection. Yeah, absolutely. I got to talk to a lot of other managers within the organization and, you know, get their take on things. And, um, you know, I've, I've been interested in, you know, management as a career path. I think we've talked about it on this podcast about maybe 
interviewing, you know, people leaders and saying, um, you know, that's a career path that, you know, our listenership might be interested in pursuing as a, as a path forward. And, and to, to hear different people's takes on, you know, making that decision um, has really helped me to kind of like, you know, shape my thinking about that. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, kind of feeling people out to be who would be a good guest. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, when I meet a manager, I always like to ask them, well, what made you want to be a manager in the first place? Would you share that with me? Mm-hmm. And most every one of them, oh, I really like this. I really like this aspect. So it's not like, oh, well, this was, this was the only career path for me, so I'm stuck here. <laughs> and, it was the only path forward. And I think in small organizations, that's the way we end up thinking, especially in the technology profession, because who's going to be the highest paid person that's the, the IT manager, director, CIO. Right. You just go up, up, up. They may not have someone who's super duper, highly specialized individual contributor that makes that kind of cash. Right. Right. It just doesn't happen. And you know, when we, t- we're kind of in the realm of the large organization, but when we get to the smaller organizations, if, if it's not that many people, like I, I came from a pretty small organization to VMware. So an in-person company meeting means that, you know, there aren't that many other people in ratio to the C-levels. I can just go up and talk to them. Right. You know, it's not like here where you have thousands of people as a ratio to an executive and they're going to be busy most of the time. At a smaller org, you might have a, a decent relationship with the CEO. They know who you are. They know what you do. And that's that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no, it's a very good thing to to network up, as well as you know network diagonally and network sideways, right? Mm-hmm. The different ways that we've kind of talked about it, and and I think there's some probably something there about um, meeting other people on other teams. I don't know if if that pops into your mind. Absolutely, it's like. I mean, I've definitely talked to people on other teams, um, kind of in the, the same way that you, you mentioned. And it's like, okay, you know, here's this voice on the phone, but you know, then you meet somebody and it's a little bit different. Right. And you, you think of them maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. So again, like a little bit of that informal, that informal network that you're building rather than the formal, you know, relationship that you have. And I think it's, I think it's interesting to talk to those people on other teams and talk about the ways you work together, the overlap and in what you do and what they do. If there is some, I assume there is some since you work together, but how do they see the situation from their side? How do you see the situation? And, you know, is there some way that you can do your job differently to help them be successful and you to be successful at the same time? And that's probably something you're going to be able to learn from them. Definitely. Yeah. That, that's so powerful, right? That kind of the ability to hash that kind of thing out, like, you know, over coffee as opposed to, you know, over a telephone. Right. So again, that more face-to-face time, but also informal time and unstructured time. Right. So did you have any strategies for, uh, for doing that informal networking this week? So in my case, I had worked with a number of highly specialized folks that got involved with different customers, and I I was able to leverage those resources to help my customers, but 
they were just a voice on the other end of the phone, and I wanted to meet them in person because we kind of felt like we had been in the trenches together. Hey, I just love to put the name with the face, and everybody I reached out to, whether it was text, email, was like, oh yeah, it'd be great. Let's let's find each other during a break time and just chat. And it and it wasn't that we talked about anything just mind-blowingly super important, but again, the face-to-face connection, oh, you're a real person, and we've worked together and been through something challenging, and we were successful in the end, and I now have a resource that I have a rapport with, and maybe one of my colleagues internally might need to take advantage of that political capital that I have. Right. Right. So I can help a colleague on the team. Oh, well, you know this person? Well, I know this person, and they can help you solve this problem. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like, I would say, in like the manager tool terms, you're you're building relationship power, right? You're, uh-huh. you're gathering those relationships and, and fostering them and strengthening them. Um, I think for me, it's interesting because I, I don't think I ever set up any of those meetings ahead of time. Like the one thing that I did was I had a colleague uh, who um, shared the same role uh, when I first came on at VMware. And then he was actually from Norway. So he moved back. Oh, wow. um, a, a few months into my tenure. So, um, of course, you know, this was a worldwide meeting, so he was in town and I was sitting in the general session and I saw a picture of him and flash up on the slideshow and I was like, Oh my goodness. And then I, I emailed him and I said, Hey, I, I just saw your picture. <laughs> uh, your, your, uh, customers still miss you <laughs> just so you know, uh, maybe let's try to connect. And then we ran into each other in the hallway. So it was terrific. And actually, you know, uh, as a corollary to that, like I I do have like a tactic that I use, which is when I sit down in a session or when I walk into, you know, a class, um, I always introduce myself to the people I'm sitting next to, you know, if they seem open to it, actually, even if they don't seem open to it, um, I still introduce myself and then I just start talking to the people who do seem open to it you know people in front of me people behind me and to each side and so i was talking to somebody uh that was sitting next to me and it ends up that she was from norway too and i was like oh do you know this guy and she said yeah he's my manager (laughs) and so we got to bond uh over that and uh, i it was you know i said oh what do you what do you know the chances of two people who are both mentored by the same person right yeah now, did, since everybody had a name badge at this event, did you start talking to them before or after you sent your your standard LinkedIn connection request to them? Uh, no, actually, I, I, I completely didn't do that at all. Oh, man. Um, I, I take that back for the, the person who was uh, managed by uh, my, my colleague. I, I looked him up in the org chart, and then I looked down at the list of all his reports and, and found her and sent her a LinkedIn uh, connection. So that was the one time that I did it. Um, but I was, I was pretty much slacking uh, oh, otherwise. Um, I did run into somebody, um, you know, my standard other tactic, which is sitting down at a table full of people that I don't know for, for meals and talking to them and introducing myself. And, and I ran into somebody who covers the same company just, uh, in a different country. And so we, we chatted and and that guy actually reached out to me via LinkedIn. So, um, Oh, nice. Yeah. 
and we even ran into one of the tens of subscribers to the podcast. That's true. I ran into two. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, I didn't run into any that I recall. Okay. At least they didn't say. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure that thousands of people here listen. Yeah, absolutely. The the tens of thousands of uh, listeners that we have downloading each week, uh, you know, I'm sure a few yeah. are actually at the company. No, so we actually ran into uh, uh, somebody who <laughs> spontaneously started talking about podcasts. And then I said, well, actually, I, you know, do podcast and He's like, really? I I listened to a bunch of VMware podcasts on a recent trip, and uh, I told him, you know, the name, and he's like, yeah, I think that was one of them. And then he fla- he pulled out his phone and he he flashed up the logo that your uh, wife drew or, or put together, and I was like, yep, that's it, <laughs> that's us. And and so uh, I, I, that was funny. And then I did run into somebody who uh, just happened to know you, and he's like, oh yeah, John White, Nerd Journey. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So you're uh, that guy. Man. <laughs> yeah. He did roll his eyes like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about that all day. So, you know, we talked about the the why would organizations do these things, but what about the organizations that maybe don't have in person meetings? And we, we tried to cover organizations of different sizes here. Mm-hmm. So if you're an organization, let's just say it's any size, uh, why would they not have an in-person meeting of some kind? Yeah, like what what are they giving up, right? Um, and, and even if it's uh, not necessarily in-person, if they try to do like a big annual meeting, you know, and, and talk about some of these things, like, you know... It, I don't, I don't think the in-person is necessarily as important. You, like, if you don't do it in person, then you're giving up a bunch of stuff, obviously. But if you don't do it at all, what are you giving up, right? So, I mean, we just talked about all these advantage, right? advantages that we saw, like, you know, talent showcasing, uh, you know, vision, celebrating performance, um, uh, setting incentives to perform, uh, company values you know expressing those values and uh, enforcing those values and, and kind of you know showcasing them you know used in in everyday uh, life and interaction uh, promoting internal networks like all of those types of things are the types of things that you're giving up you're saying like those are like we we can't promote those things we don't have the resources to make that happen or they're not important to us right so as an employee if you're at an organization that doesn't do this type of thing i mean i'll just pick one right vision like actually i think that's maybe the most important thing that i got out of this right to to have the high level executive vision um and then the high level executive strategy of how you know the the vision is going to be accomplished and then again that mid-level or the next level down how we're taking that vision how we're shaping it for our region and here's our strategy for accomplishing that and then you know you, you eventually, you know, roll down, it rolls down to you, right? So then you have this idea and it's about what you need to do and why you need to do it. And so if that vision never gets expressed, then you have no idea like how, what you're doing is, is affecting the goals of the company. And I think that's uh, not good. <laughs> no, it's not good. And you may not be as engaged of an employee in that case if you don't know where you fit. 
and as, you know, to your point, if you've never thought about this and never been through the experience of not really knowing where you fit, then you might not think that, oh, I should ask somebody that during the interview process and figure out, do they, does the person I'm interviewing with actually know the vision of the company and the values? I'd probably ask that too. And where they fit, their department, whatnot. Can they articulate that in some way or are they just kind of clueless? Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes it's not about like, do I have it at the tip of my tongue? But it's like, yeah, yeah, that has been expressed to me. And I feel like I kind of intuitively know what it is and, and kind of where I fit. But if you gave me an hour, I could, you know, research it and, you know, reset it more formally. Or, you know what, I really don't know. You know, or that's that's never seemed important to me. Or, no, we don't really do that kind of thing here. Or, hey, we, you know, we know what our, like, our team goals are. And kind of those are the most important things. You know, those are some answers that w- I would find troubling. Sure. And it's interesting because I don't think that I would have known to find them troubling except for the experience that I've had, right? Right. So it's really only clear to me now that those things are important mm-hmm. and and why they're important. So Yeah, so another nugget for the listeners out there. For yeah. sure. I think that um the values and, and maybe we've hit this a little bit too hard, but you know, I'll just go back to it. Like again, the way that the people at the top of the organization constantly refer to the organizational values, you know, um, which at least in the case of our organization, were not put together by those top executives. They were put together by a group of employees. Um, so to have those like kind of restated back to me and integrated into the vision of like why we're doing this strategically, I think, you know, that, that was important. And again, to, to have worked at organizations in the past that had no formal value statement, right? To organizations, you know, I, I definitely have worked for organizations that had a formal value statement, but you don't understand how that's integrated into what the company strategy was or what your team strategy was, right? And that, it's, it's lacking. But again, I think I was only, I'm only realizing that it's lacking afterwards. Yeah. So. And, you know, that these things can be communicated very well at a big company or even a small company. Yeah. Size of the company doesn't matter, right? right? It's like, like, you know, do you have values? Do you live your values? You know, are you reinforcing what those values are um, to each other? Right? right. And, you know, if you're suspicious and you're new to the company, you're probably going to be sitting back or one would hope you'd be sitting back wondering, okay, I heard this. Now, am I going to see this? Right. Right. And if I don't, then, okay, maybe it's time to find somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably a fair reaction, right? It's like, it, you know, is this the one time a year that I hear about these values? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if you, you noticed this, but, um, you know, we had, uh, I, I think we mentioned before, like, you know, there's some top performers and, and they were invited up onto stage to, you know, kind of give a talk and, and be interviewed um, about something. And, and one of the things that happened is very, very subtle, 
but as they were thanked, they said, you know, hey, you know, we have a donation for your favorite charity. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't like, it wasn't, hey, you know, congratulations on this big deal and I'm handing you a check right here in front of everybody, you know, to underline, you know, what I, what I want from people. It was like, you know, we'd like to reward you, but we'd like to reward you in a way that aligns with our company values. Yeah. Right? And I think I heard the people who were highlighted on stage most of the time said, well, it wasn't just me. Mm-hmm. It was a whole group of people that I worked with that helped propel me to here. Yeah. In fact, it seemed to be um, it, like nobody didn't say that. Right. Right. It was very much a part of the culture to to say, hey, you know, I'm here. And, you know, part of this is you, you're recognizing me. But really what it is is me here representing a team of people that accomplish this because there's <laughs> nothing that we accomplish at this scale can be done by one person. Yeah. Right? And he did it again, folks. He said something I was trying to say way better. Did it again, John. Oh, Hey, that's, that's just part of the job, you know, like a solution engineer, like somebody says something and then you say it back to them and they go, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you, you sold me on that. Right. You, um, folks, you'll understand what's going on, right? Like later on when, I, when I'm mumbling something, uh, and, and Nick just, uh, summarizes and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. That thing. <laughs> um, anything else, Nick, before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think we hit it pretty well. Cool. Great. It is now one thirty AM Pacific time, Pacific time. See, I'm I'm living in the past now, John. You, you've always lived in the past, but I live in the future. Right. So for me, it's three thirty. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. it's no. a good thing that I drank coffee before this podcast. Yeah, I found myself uh, sipping down my second uh, um, post uh, midnight uh, diet coke before we started recording. That was uh, that was a brand new experience for me. Well, since I left college, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know that I like it. I don't. I don't know that I want to go back to this life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's uh, it. Then we can wrap that segment. Uh, we didn't have anything else as far as topics go, and I think we're running a little bit long. Long. So uh, why don't we wrap? Absolutely. A reminder: we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey. And of course, another plug for the John White School of Mentoring. It's the best mentoring school out there. Contact at Nerd Journey for pricing and packaging, folks. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Farewell, listeners. Uh, tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at We Journeyman, for Nick Cordy, at Network Nerd underscore. Signing off. Adios. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, yeah, that sentence didn't make any sense. <laughs> I'm going to have to take that again. Okay. Yes, indeed. The oh, no, that sounded so rehearsed. <laughs> I can't even look at you because I'm just gonna start laughing. <laughs>
Oh, man. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, really. Like, if you're, a, if you're around a bunch of high performers, it's going to theoretically raise your performance as well. Got, got it. Yeah. Although, I still don't know what phrase you said that means that. <laughs> no, really. Iron sharpens iron? Like, because we're both good, we make each other even better? Yeah, you, you explain the meaning, but I, I, I don't understand the words you're saying that mean that. Iron Sherman's iron. <laughs> okay, iron sharpens iron. Oh! Is that a thing that people say? Yeah. Okay, I'll just trust you. It's not. It's not like my Chow Yun Fat comment. Okay, <laughs> like this is this one's correct. Okay, I think. Right. No, I understand what you meant. As as Chow Yun Fat always says, "Iron sharpens iron." 